about my message this morning that came from the Lord, because it took me a minute to get here. Because <laughs> I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? I got nothing. When I tell you I got nothing, I got nothing. Oh, Lord. And so the title of my message today is Distraction. Don't lose your focus. And my scripture reading, which was so elegantly read by Sister Karen Hayes, comes from 14, Matthew 14, verses 22 and 31 for those who may have missed it. So I'm not going to read it again, but I want to ask you a question. How many folks in here are out in the, in the cyber world or internet world, how many consider themselves to be gamers? You got any gamers in the house? I, I know my son in love is. He's one of the best, too. <laughs> he works hard at it. Well, I, I don't consider myself a, a gamer because I don't play games uh, or I don't play the PS5. I didn't even know the game systems. I had to ask my son in law the names of them. There's PS5, there's the Xbox, Series X. I never heard of that one. Nintendo Switch, and so on and so on. So I don't play these games. I don't know how, I, last, I think, um, what is Atari? <laughs> you know, and then I think Nintendo, yeah, then Nintendo, the first generation, after that I'm, I'm pretty much lost. But I do love to play games on my phone. How many play games on their phone? I'm, I know it's more than those. Now, I know there's more than that out there to play the games on the phone. I tell you, whenever I get a little bored, or even when I'm not bored, I'm playing the games. Some of my favorite ones are if you know these, let me hear a yeah or something. Word cookies. Yeah. Uh-huh. Magic puzzles. Yeah. yeah. Happy color. I love that one. I'll be sitting there, I'll supposed to be watching a movie with mom or something. I'm sitting there. You coloring again? Yeah, I'm coloring, but I'm paying attention. And my husband, you don't put that phone down. I'm like, oh, you don't put the phone down? I'm like, okay. And then I pick it right back up. But one most recently, yeah. I got I was introduced to something called Monopoly Go. Do y'all play that one? Anybody play that one? Oh man, that one. Mm. That one I learned about over the summer. And in this game, you progress. It's not so much like the, the board game Monopoly. There's a lot of twists and turns in this game. You roll the dice and you move your token through the different property tiles. As you progress, you earn money. You build up your properties. Um, um, until you clear the board and then you move on to another level. They have like the pyramid level, they have all these different levels. But the thing about this game is you can't, like you know, you can pick up happy color and play it and put it down and you might go back to it a few days later and you can just pick up where you left off. You can't do this with Monopoly Go because you have to stay on top of um, building your shields. If you don't build your shields, your opponents will come and knock your properties down. They go into your bank and they do the bank heist. If you don't have enough money, you can't build up the properties. They come in and they steal your money and they just come in and, and you got to pay the rent. So if, you, if you're not playing, your, 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 um, your little man or whatever is still moving. It's still landing on properties, and you still have to pay rent. So you're sleeping, and your little token is still moving. So you got to stay on top of this, because one, you won't have no properties, because your opponents will knock them down, and you got to build them, fix them back up, and it costs money to do that, and the people will steal your money. So it's one of those games that you can't lay down and put it down. And, and 
tell you, the game had become addicting. I found myself playing this game before going to bed at night. My husband would tell you, a little light on, I'm turning to the side, light on with the phone, you know, so you can't see the light, you know. I'm playing it as soon as I get up in the morning. I'm like, how many people got me? Oh, I know my son-in-law got me because, you know, he's very, him and I are very competitive. So, you know, I, I'm watching to see who got me. I'm playing it when I stop at the red lights. People are going, bang, bang, you know, blowing the horn at me. I'm playing it at lunch. I'm playing it on, on plates. I'm, I'm playing it while I'm cooking. I got the phone right there. I'm playing it while I'm waiting for my shower water to get to the right temperature so I can get in the shower. I'm telling you, that game was in my head 24-7. I mean, you have to be competitive with this game. So, you know, I'm playing the game thing another, you know. One day, my daughter sent me this video on TikTok. And in the video, this young lady was talking about how she was watching TikTok one night, and everything she saw on it was doom and gloom. Everything was bad. I think McDonald's or Wendy's had a one, a one penny burger or something like that. The, the war over and somewhere, and if you do this, this will happen to you, and do this, and that will happen to you, and talked about how these things provoke fear in us. But the one thing she said that, that uh, just opened my eyes and put a light bulb in my head was, we should not focus on those things, but keep our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And when she said that, yeah. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, distractions. Yeah. It was loud and clear. It sounded like he was standing right next to me. Then he said, what is distracting you? Uh -oh. I'm going to tell you, conviction hit me like a ton of bricks. Bam. I'm like, Monopoly go! <laughs> Monopoly go! <laughs> it's just like, I didn't even have to think about it. That moment, I went to my phone, I found the app, and I said, TV. Wow. People of God, yeah. what is distracting you this morning? Yeah. I just want you to take some time and think about it as you listen to me this morning. Ask the Lord that day, Lord, Deliver me from my distractions. Yeah. Distractions have been here since the beginning of time. Amen? Amen. Eve was distracted by Satan. When she went up and got that thing, that, that forbidden fruit. Okay? Let's see. David was distracted by Bathsheba. Amen? Come on. Um, Moses was distracted when he thought he could just not do what God said. And, and instead of speaking to the rock, he smote the rock. Distraction. Who else can I think about? I don't have this in my notes, but the Bible is full of distractions. Let me tell you. Um, who, let me think, let me think, let me think. Samson. Pretty little Miss Delilah distracted him. He lost his strength. So the Bible is full of distractions. Distractions is nothing new. Amen? Amen. Yeah. 
Jesus said, come. He told Peter to come. Now, if Jesus tell you to come and you've been one of his disciples, do so you know all the miracles that he performed? You're going to come. Yeah. You're going to go right to Jesus. And, 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 and it's no second thought about it. So as long as Peter was focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But when he became distracted by the turbulent winds yeah. and the waves, fear crept in. He got so scared that he began to sink. Even Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, was not immune to distractions and the fears of this world. So he allowed, allowed the circumstances around him to distract him. How many times do we do that? Come on, come on. Come Amen? On. I remember when I was about to lose my home. I did lose my home. When I was about to lose my home, we were in church for prayer that Saturday morning. And my husband said, do you want to go for prayer? I said, no. I done prayed enough. I was done not believing in God because I was distracted because yeah. I saw the letters that were coming in the mail and everything. And I was like, I just gave up hope. Yeah. I, was, I didn't no longer believe that God could do what I knew he could do. I was distracted about what was going on around me. So we all go through distractions. I have a, I, I'm going to tell you, I could roll out a scroll of everything that I that distracted me over the years that I've been serving God. It happens. Amen? Just like Peter, we too find ourselves sinking in the waves of life's distractions and we don't keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We must now not allow fear to distract and disrupt our journey of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. How many know that? The Bible tells us that. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. It's a tool that the devil uses to destroy God's people. So, and, and that's in 2 Timothy. Fear is the distraction, and it almost caused Peter to lose his life. Distraction is a spiritual danger. It's an evil from which we need God's deliverance. Matthew tells us to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The most dangerous problems in distraction is being distracted from God, not from other things, but being distracted from God. It makes us shift our attention from the greatest object in existence, which is God, to the countless lesser ones. The Bible calls this idolatry. Anything that you focus on more than God is idolatry. Remember that. When we find ourselves regularly distracted by something, we need to take note. Our attention often runs to what is important to us. Think about that. It runs to the things that we find important. So distraction reveals what we love. Amen? Amen. You know, I'm not going to church today because I'm going. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I know this is not anybody in here, but I'm gonna watch some football. Or I'm not going to church today because it's a movie out, and today is the opening, and I want to see. I want to be there for the first thing. I'm not going to church tonight. I'm not going to Bible study because my show is on. You know, my 90 day. What's that? 90 day fiance, or um, you know, I don't know what comes on Wednesday night. I like TMC myself, so you know, maybe a a, a comfy comfy Bogart movie or something like that. But we find ourselves um, distracted, and it shows the things that we love. Now we're gonna go to another story in the Bible. This happened to Martha, Jesus' friend. We all know the story of Mary and Martha, right? Martha was busy in the kitchen while Jesus was teaching in her home. Martha was complaining that her sister Mary. 
Mary wasn't helping because Mary positioned herself. She had the good spot at the feet of Jesus, and she was attentively listening. So Jesus replied to Martha. He said, Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Once you hide the word of God in your heart, yes. it's there forever. Amen? Yes. Mary chose to get that word. She said, I don't know how much longer I have to get it, but I'm going to get it now. Yes. Instead, Martha was all in the kitchen trying to cook food and everything, and she was all distracted. Um, but what was, what was distracting Martha? Preparing food to serve to her guests. She wanted to make sure everybody ate good. Why was she anxious? And what was she anxious about? She was anxious about feeding everybody. Maybe she thought that, mm, you know what, if I don't make enough food, people are going to go out there and talk about me. Well, i got to make my food good because I want them to have a good meal. Or, you know, I mean, a, a, a plethora of things. You know, when we have guests come over and we're the host, we want to make sure everything is in order and everything was right. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But Martha didn't recognize her distraction until Jesus helped her to see her heart. She thought she was doing the right thing by preparing the food for her guests. But Jesus pointed out to Martha that her values were out of order. She was out of order. And you know, you would think that making sure her preparations were in place for her guests, that was appropriate. So what did Martha do wrong? She shifted her attention yes. from the greater importance yes. to the lesser. Sometimes when it seems like what we're doing is the right thing, is the very thing that actually distracts us and takes our attention from what God actually wants for us. You know, we do this in the church every day. You know, we get busy doing ministry things for ministry's sake, but we get so busy doing that that we forget to choose the good portion. Amen? Seeking the great one. Seeking the things of God. I know I used to do that a whole lot. You know, so much to do in the church. and blah, 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 blah. So I'm so busy making sure things are, uh, uh, that I'm supposed to be doing for the church that I put away Bible study, I put away reading my word, I put away praying because I was doing all these other things. That's not what God wants. Yeah, he wants us to do the work in the, in, in, in other ministry, but he also wants us to focus on him. Amen? Amen. Never take Amen. your focus off of God. Amen. This thing going to hit a lot of people real hard because it hit me in the gut. <laughs> Our smartphones and digital devices can and does become distractions. Recognizing, I had to say ouch a few times <laughs> when I was going through this, ouch, ouch, and ouch. Recognizing distractions is the, is the first crucial, crucial step in our journey toward a life more focused on Christ. That's right, Aria, you know it. <laughs> in today's fast-paced society, distractions come in many forms and can easily pull us away from our relationship with God. It is important to be aware of these distractions and to actively, not passively, but actively work on identifying them in our lives. You know, when back in the day, you know what, before all these fancy smartphones and everything, the computers and everything, we didn't have those things to distract us. So it was, it was easier to go 
and, and take the time and read the Bible, read the Word, study your Word and everything, because what we, we might have had uh, HBO. <laughs> it was more than a cable, Comcast and all, we had HBO, you know, but for some people didn't have HBO. In Philly, we had three channels, 3, 6, 10, 12, 29, and 48. Take a pick. That's all you had. So we didn't have those distractions. But, but one of the most common distractions in our, in our lives today is technology. Smartphones, social media, the internet, they become a huge part of our daily routine. And while they are helpful tools, they can also be a significant source of distraction. We, and I say we, because I'm including myself, we spend hours and hours scrolling through social media, yep. watching TikTok reels, videos, yep. playing games, yep. all the while neglecting our relationship with God. If only we spend the time with God that we spend on our electronic devices. Wouldn't we be awesome? That's the truth. Mm. Lord God. It's important that we recognize when technology is becoming a distraction and we need to set boundaries that will allow us to maintain a healthy balance between our digital lives and our spiritual lives. Amen? Amen. Okay, according to the author Tony Monke in his book, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, he said, we are addicted to distractions. He said, we check our smartphone, this blew my mind, about 81,500 times on an average a year, or every 4.3 minutes. I thought that was shocking. But it shouldn't come to a, 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 a surprise, considering that we have our calendars, we take pictures, so we have pictures on our phone, we put our work schedules, our personal schedules, we put our workouts, we read books on our phones, we write on our phones, we have our credit cards on there, so when you go to the store, you just put your phone on there and go, city, okay? Uh, we, our bank accounts are on there. I mean, we read the news, the weather, we have our emails, we go shopping. Everything is done now on our digital devices. So the truth of the matter is we are even if we don't believe we are and never thought about it, we are addicted to our phones. And just like an addict, we got to have our hit. We need a hit. That's why we're on our phone every 4.3 minutes. Because we need to get that hit. I've seen people who left their phones or didn't have their phones or misplaced their phones go berserk. Where my, where my phone? Oh my God, where my phone? Where my phone? Ah, call my phone! Can you call my phone? Oh Lord, I don't, where my phone? I mean, you are not settled until you find your phone. I can't even walk out the house, and I'm talking about me, without having my phone. Remember years ago when I, when I was driving, I didn't have a phone. They didn't, I, I didn't have a second thought about carrying something with me. But now I walk out that house without my phone. Lord God, have mercy on my soul. Yeah. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> I need my phone. I will turn around and go home and get my phone. <laughs> so let's face it. We use these phones and digital devices for work. It's such a part of our daily lives. So in our minds, we think that makes it accessible, right? Because of this, we fail to recognize 
the danger that it's causing to our spiritual lives, the distractions of any kind, if not control, can be birthed. It can waste our time. It can dull our spiritual senses. Divert our minds from the eternal realities that are so vital to our spiritual well-being and eternal future. So let me give you a scenario. This is kind of like talking about me, but it's not going to be talking about me. It's going to be talking about everybody else. I was going to put me in it. But it is really me, but it's not. Okay, let me give you a scenario. Here we have a Christian believer. He has to be at work by 8 o'clock. So he gets up at 6. Not turn right? To have time with the Lord, to do his devotional exercises. But in route to the living room, where he does his prayer and devotion, he checks his smartphone. Yeah, boy. First error. He notices that he missed a phone call from the night before. So yeah. he listens. He listens to the voice message. Do we do that in the morning? I'm, 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 y'all gotta raise your hand. Immediately, his mind races to what he needs to do, what he needs to say in response to the phone call. And then he notices before he puts it. Uh, uh, puts it down that he has all these brand new likes on these posts that he put on Facebook. Mm -mm -mm. Now you know he got to go look at his likes and see who liked him and what made little posts and everything. Then he saw that he had a couple of private messages. So he's thinking, what is that about? So he began to read those messages. Now I'm telling y'all, that's not me. And one of them demanded his immediate response. So now he takes the next 10 minutes to formulate a message with discretion. Then he had to edit it. So now it's 6.30. He opens his Bible. He did all that. He opened his Bible and tries to focus on God's word. But it's impossible because his mind is constantly going back and forth to what he needs to say or needs to do in regards to these things that he's reading on his smartphone. Okay? And I know that, like, again, I know that's not none of y'all. I'm talking about myself right here. So Tony Marquez said, again, in that same book, that 8,000 Christians, he surveyed 8,000 Christians. And out of the 8,000 surveyed, 54% of them admitted to checking their smartphones within minutes of waking. When he asked whether they were more likely to check the email and social media before or after spiritual discipline, 73% said before. Where are our minds, saints? How many of us are guilty of this? This is the time to check ourselves. Now, I'm not telling you to throw away your phone because I'm not throwing away my phone. That's not, that is not even an answer because you can always go out there and buy another one. So don't even do that. Waste your money. God forbid we do that. But what I am saying is that we need to make some serious changes. Amen? Amen. We need to confront or ask the Holy Spirit to help us regulate our cell phone and, and, and uh, our devices, our digital devices, so that Christ may be our priority in our thoughts, in our minds, in our hearts. And instead of reaching for our phones first in the morning, yes. we need to be reaching for our devotions, our Bibles. We need to meet God in prayer. Let's begin to put him first again. Remember when you first got saved, you were so passionate about Jesus and so passionate about knowing all about him? We need to be in that place again. Now, this is for a 
reminder for me and for those who may need it. Not everybody needs this. Not everybody does this, but I needed this. Amen? Yeah, amen. You have to realize that the mind is the control center of our life. And we must make every, every, every attempt to guard it against the flood of distractions that vie for its attention. Yeah. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So we have to watch our minds. We have to watch what goes in it. We have to watch what we think about. We have to watch what we watch on TV, what we hear on the radio. Everything that's out there is not for us. Amen? Hallelujah. You may be dealing with a broken relationship. Put it before the Lord. Don't let it distract you with your, 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 your relationship with God. Listen closely. It matters what your mind focuses on. Amen. And it takes discipline. You have to be intentional. The word discipline denotes order, intentionality, or strict regimen. You have to grow in godliness. And we are called to a disciplined mind that fights distractions. We have to become narrow-minded. Those who walk the narrow way to heaven are narrow-minded because they have learned to reduce their imaginations more and more to a single purpose, and that is Christ first. Discard your distractions. Direct your focus on Christ. Isaiah 26 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts him. Amen? So how do we focus, stay focused, and fight distractions? We have to learn to maximize our focus on what's important. Don't sit by idly. Don't let our minds wander. We must discipline our minds to focus on things of great spiritual emotions. Set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. How many of you have been praying and you be praying, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, I bless you, and I thank you. Oh, I got to go shopping tomorrow because we don't have no eggs. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, if I'm not to, to bless my family. Oh, I forgot. I got to get an oil change. I got to get that oil change. Oh, oh. And, Lord, I ask you to just bless me. And, oh, I forgot to answer that email at work yesterday. You know, we do those things. We get distracted. We're not focused. Amen. It happens to me. I don't know if it happens to you, but it happens to me. Amen. Guard the mind against unnecessary care. We go back to Matthew. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. Therefore, take no thought for tomorrow. Don't be anxious. Don't be a worrier. I'm looking at my mom. She knows why. Worry, anxiety, and fear can consume our minds, leaving little room for God's peace and presence. You know, when you worry and become, I, I have issues with anxiety. I get anxiety attacks. And I'm still asking God to help me with that. But when you worry, it, it keeps you from being fruitful. Worry is defined by whatever stresses us out. I mean, this world is full of things that stresses us out. Amen? It could be your bills, your health, your kids, whatever we fret about on a regular basis. But you know what? Worry 
also keeps us from serving God as we should because worry keeps us from growing in faith. The Bible says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Amen? That antidote, the antidote to worry is trust. If you're worrying, you're not trusting. But if you're trusting, you're not worrying. Amen? Oh, let me say that again. If you're worrying, you're not trusting. But if you're trusting, you're not worrying. Oh, my God. That, that, one, that one spoke to me. We must remember to turn our worries over to the Lord and guard the mind against distracting care. Now, we have to cultivate a single-minded focus. I said that before, a narrow-minded. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. So what does this mean? Let me encourage you with this. The best thing to do in cultivating a single-minded attitude, this is the perspective, God. And I don't want you to miss this. You have to learn to think biblically. Don't think with your feelings. And don't let yourself talk to yourself. Because you can talk yourself out of serving God. You can talk yourself out of concentrating on him. Amen? Yeah. And don't seek the aid of people who are so sympathetic that they're going to pity and pity you. If you're going to subject yourself to people, you want to subject yourself to like-minded, spiritually-minded, biblically-driven people that will encourage you to think biblically. This can't help but breed a single-minded focus. Heaven is at stake. Distractions can pull you away. You don't want that to happen, amen? So in the age of relentless distraction, it calls for fight of faith to set the mind. Forcibly fixate the mind on things above. I, I heard this before, and this thing kind of, it just made me think, but it kind of blew my mind. I heard someone say, distractions don't look like distractions until they finish distracting you. I'm going to say that again. Distractions don't look like distractions until they finish distracting you. I'm just going to leave that there for you. So how do we stay focused? We must possess a clear goal. We're going to go back to Peter. Now, Peter answered him on uh, verse 28 and said, Lord, if thou, if it be thou, because he wanted to make sure it was Jesus first, bid me to come unto thee on the water. So now Peter, at that point, possessed a clear goal, which should have been his main focus. His goal was to walk on the water, amen? He got out of the boat, and he started walking to Jesus. A goal gives us something to walk towards. If you want focus, you need a clear goal. So where are you now? Where do you want to be? Where do What do you see? And what are you willing to do to get to it? You can't be focused if you don't know where you're headed. Peter knew where he was going, but he messed up. Don't focus on the wind and the waves that are going on around you. We have to learn what not to focus on. One of the things we can't focus on is the winds and the waves of life. We can't focus on our trials, as hard as it is, on oppositions, on roadblocks, on circumstances or challenges. We have to stop worrying. When we focus on issues that stand in our way, we slip into something called panic. Panic is a Christian's worst enemy. We don't want to slip up or slip into panic. Peter started to panic when he saw the boisterous wind. Out of his panic, he started to sink. Now, panic always leads us to danger. Satan got Peter where he wanted him. He was like, Peter, 
You're going down, my brother. He was able to accomplish, Satan, what he wanted when he got Peter sidetracked and distracted, worrying about what was going on around him. Satan wants to get us sidetracked. He wants to distract us. He wants us worrying about what's going on around us. When we get sidetracked, we do what? We sink. Satan wants us to be worriers. He wants us to focus on our problems. He wants us to focus on our insufficiencies instead of focusing on the one who called us. And he wants us to, he, if we want to stay focused, we must keep our eyes on the one who called us. And who was that? Jesus. Jesus was the one who called Peter. Peter took his eyes off the caller and focused on the crisis. Are we going to focus on the caller or on our crisis? Are we going to focus on our vision or the chaos that's going on around us? Who are you going to give your focus to this morning? As Peter was sinking, Jesus came and he rescued him. That's a true friend. Your true friend will rescue you. Your true friends will see your distraction and say, come on, we need to pray. Your true friends will help you get get you out of that position that you're in. Like the song said, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. That's what we need to do. When things go on around us, we have no control over it. Don't let it distract us from God. Take it to the Lord in prayer, amen? He's always there to be our rescuer, amen? And the scripture said that when they got back in the boat, the wind ceased. How many know the wind was a setup? Oh my God. That wind was a setup. Satan tried to use the wind to distract Peter. He uses that to distract us. But in Peter's case, it worked. It caused him to sink and it sent him back to the boat. The winds in our lives, it's a setup. Don't fall for it. Don't believe the hype. The enemy wants you off your game. He knows where you're headed to and he does not want us to get to that place. So he's going to try every and any little thing to keep us from being focused on that prize. Amen? He wants us to worry. He wants us to focus on our finances. He wants us to focus on the political things that are going on. He wants us to focus on the tragic things that are going on in the world today. He wants us to focus on the things that are going on in our jobs. He wants us to focus on the people who are mistreating us. He wants us to focus on drama, y'all. But all that is nonsense. He wants you to give your attention to the things of this world. But don't give in to his trickery. You have to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to help us be intentional about focusing on the things of God. We have to surround ourselves with other focused people. Focused people won't focus on unnecessary drama. They won't focus on destructive criticism. They won't focus on pessimistic or negative people or other dumb stuff. You know what I'm saying? Perhaps you've seen in your life today yourself in this story of Peter. You may feel like you need to be more focused 
in order to fulfill the God-given vision in your life. You have a clear goal, but you keep sinking. You keep going and falling and sinking and going back to the boat. You keep walking, walking to Jesus, distracted, sinking back to the boat, never meeting your goal. My God. If you've been dealing with distractions, you must follow these simple principles that help you to stay focused. Ask the Lord to strengthen you so that your focus won't succumb to distractions. Let him know your desire to fulfill his calling in your life, his vision in your life. If you don't take away, and I'm closing here, if you don't take away anything else from this message this morning, whatever you do, my brothers and sisters, run from those distractions. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. Amen.